Sheila J. Logan, founder of Lock and Load Marketing, the Messy Backend Podcast, and yes, Women's Network, is an accomplished speaker, podcaster, digital marketer, and mentor. Her dream is to help single moms and military wives come out of the darkness into the light. She does this by sharing her inspirational stories and experiences of overcoming everything that was thrown at her to find her true joy. For the past 9.5 years, Sheila has hosted and presented her own events both on and offline. She has also spoken and taught as an expert on international panels, podcasts, local television, and both on and offline educational summits. Be prepared to be inspired with our special guest. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. This is Trevor Yermai Carter, and we are back again for the next episode for the brand new year. I'm hoping that everybody is doing well and safe wherever you are, a part of the world. Crisis is going on, but hey, great things are happening on the other side of the world. So we do have a wonderful guest with us today. Very exciting topic today. And I think most of you will be listening were able to very much relate to our guest's story and her life. Okay, so let's go straight into it, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we have Sheila Logan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here, Trevor. Okay, thank you. So a pleasure to have you. So how are things on your side at the moment? Oh, you know, I think it's about the same here in Utah than it is there in the UK. We're all kind of on lockdown, wearing masks. I actually got an email from a teenager today, and she said covering your face is not life. And, you know, you kind of are missing out. And I think that everywhere around the world, we're all kind of feeling the same thing. All right. It's just amazing when we see these things happen with people put, the, put a hold on their life, but we're not going to put no hold on our life today in this interview. And that's I right. think that's why we've got you on this show, because you've got a lot to tell us, Sheila. And let's get straight into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you are, where you're born and bred and, and what you are doing. So I was actually born in a little town called Mount Airy, which uh, most of the world knows as Mayberry from the Andy Griffith show. If you've ever seen that, the United States, everybody knows that show. Um, and so that little, that's the little town where I grew up in. So I have a little bit of an accent. It kind of comes out the more I talk, the more excited I get. So, yeah. But, yeah, but I'm currently living in Utah and I am recently been married. Last October, I got married. And so I have five children. My husband has five children. They're all about the same ages. Wow. And the same ages of kids, two of his and two of mine are married. So we have 14, if you count the married people, kids. And we only have two at home, two 17-year-olds. And so that's that makes it a lot easier. But um, <laughs> I... I always told my kids I want a million grandkids so the more right. kids I have the better chance I have of getting a million grandkids <laughs> it looked like I can see you and your husband got a bottle of wine behind your back saying right we got rid of another one let's celebrate another one right. gonna go never celebrate but, <laughs> you do, no but we're not we're not looking forward to the empty nesting thing I mean we are but we aren't at the same time just because it's been such a big part of the life you know absolutely I, I'll tell you what you can't beat family. Family is family. It's always yep. no place like home having a family. Yep. So Sheila, um, let's tell us a little go further into it. You are a single mom. Um, you were five children and you have a great history of entrepreneurship. 
spirit entrepreneur where you are encouraging other people to make a difference. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing and being a single mom before we move on to the next session. Sure. So I actually, I was married before and I didn't have a lot of support from my husband. So basically I have raised my five children on my own. I have done everything that's needed to keep my family together. And that has been my number one priority. My oldest is just about to turn 29. My youngest, like I said, is 17. And so for about 29 years, it's been me and them against the world. And about, well, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, um, my two youngest at the time were six and eight. And they both got the, the last pandemic, which was the H1N1 virus, where it was just making so, so many people so sick. And they both got really sick. And I had to stay home from work. And so I called into, well, I emailed my boss because he was in vacation in Florida. And I said, look, I can't come in. My kids are really sick. Here's proof. Here's a letter from the doctor saying they have, you know, the H1N1 virus. They both had 104 fevers. They were sick as sick. And I said, I can't come in, but I'm going to work at home. So at the time I was actually driving a half an hour to work mm-hmm. every day with my own laptop computer, sitting at a conference table online, doing all of my working and then driving back home. So I was able to work at home for those two weeks without skipping a beat. Mm-hmm. But his response to my email of not coming in was that's not acceptable. When will you be in? Wow. And I thought, well, do you want me to drop my kids off at your house? So your wife and kids can, you yeah. know, what do you want me to do? I can't bring them to work. I can't leave them at home. They're too little to leave at home. They were so sick. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how, what triggered me into looking into getting a business to work at home anyway. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was so tired of, you know, working for the man who would say to me, you know, family isn't as important as I am. Mm-hmm. And in the same breath, this man actually told me they were, he just, it was a hard balance between leaving my babies at home, knowing that I'm the only one that they have, you know, to rely on and being at work. And so while I was home for those two weeks, I just started looking up online. I'm like, how can I work from home? Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized I'm already basically working from home. I'm using my own computer. I just yeah. need clients, you know? Right, right. So when he got back from vacation, he called me into his office to kind of lay into me again a little bit. And oh, I said, right. you know what? I, I quit. I can't, I can't do wow. this anymore. And so I went to the newspaper and I looked and I called uh, three real estate offices at the time I was working with real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And on the third phone call, I picked up eight agents and started working at home. Wow. Now, Sheelan, I'm getting tight on my seat right now because (laughs) this is going to be a heavy topic today because we're talking about you didn't get no support from your husband. You had five children. You were driving from one location to another with your own laptop. Then your buff was breathing down your neck with all kind of excuses, not realizing what you had to go through. Not many people can cope with that, Sheila especially yeah. the time we're in right now. But what I want to ask, what kept you going at that point? I'll tell you, there, there's been many times in my life where I've had to come to that realization where I look inside myself and, and ask myself that very same question. How am I going to keep going? I was, I'd hit rock bottom several times. And when I hit that rock bottom and I look inside myself, the first thing I would actually notice is that I was missing Mm. I was missing from the equation. I had put everything and everyone else above myself. 
And so I had lost who I was. I lost my strength. I lost my bravery. I lost my courage. I lost my purpose. The reason I got up every morning. And so for me, the thing that keeps me going is number one, I have to realize that I need to be me and not let anyone else change who I am. We do have to do things for other people and serving is one of my biggest things, but it doesn't have to change me. I need to be strong in who I am in order to be able to affect any kind of change. And when I would look inside myself and realize that I was lost, the thing that got me out of the bed in the morning was my family. I would think about my children and I would realize I'm the one putting food on the table. I'm the one putting the roof over the head. I'm the one who wants to make sure that they grow up and have a better life than I ever had. And so I would put them in my forefront of, of thought until I could remember who I was and get strong again. And it, it's cyclical for me. It's, you know, every few years when I was going through that difficult time, I would realize that I'd lose myself and I had to then put them in front. So I think you need to know who you are and you have to have a reason to do what you want to do every day. Mm. What gets you out of bed? If anybody's ever wondering, how do I start a business? What do I do? How can I change my business? I'm not in love with it anymore. Mm. Figure out what gets you out of bed in the morning. What gets you excited? I mean, if I talk about marketing, my, my poor husband, he's just like, calm down. You're getting a little <laughs> aggressive. And I'm like, but I love talking about marketing. You know, so it's the same thing with my family. Those are the things that kind of get me excited. So remembering who I am and remembering why I am here is really what gets me going. Right. Now, that takes me on to the next question because um, bear in mind, you was a single mom at that time. Um, there was a lot of challenge. I can imagine you come into that house and all the kids were screaming and wanting food, <laughs> nappy changing, fighting. You just have to think, okay, were you in a position of realization of calming? Or we, and if you did, how did you deal with it? Because I'm sure there's some listeners on here with the crisis right now, with the total lockdown there's a lot of single parents out there now five six four kids what would your what would your energy of explaining that be to our listeners who are probably listening to this show now as a single parent in terms of the mindset right i i have to admit and i regret not really even understanding what mindset was okay. until recently so what I, so I've learned a lot over the last few years, especially over mindset and the importance of staying calm. And I'm still learning because I am a very excitable person. I do run at a very high level vibration for people. Yeah. And so I'm learning that if I can calm down and talk more calmly. So looking back, what I, could I tell myself in that situation? It would definitely be um, before I got out of the car to go in the house before I left my room, before I got out of bed, before I did anything, before I did a transition is what Brendan Bouchard calls it. Every single time you move, you're making a transition. I would have set the intention of what I wanted to be like and experience through that. So just like networking, whenever I go into networking meeting, I set an intention of what I want to accomplish. I would do that same thing at my house. Mm -hmm. I would set the intention, stop the car instead of just rushing in and getting to it, you know, feeding the kids and cleaning the house and homework and everything else, I would take that just extra one to two minutes to reset my mind and set the intention of what I want to do when I go in there. And I think that would have made a big difference for my children. I have to admit, I was very blessed. I have five incredible children who are very loving and kind and patient with me. And they are, you know, I always apologize. I'm sorry, I was such a terrible mom. And they're like, oh, mom, you were great. Mm -hmm. But I think if I could have changed myself to be more calm walking in that door and knowing what I expected, 
Mm-hmm. They would have reacted differently, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's about reflection on what you practice is what they become. Yes. Uh, and I think there was a lot of things going around your mind. You're thinking, oh, be careful. I have to be careful because of my children. Uh, again, that mindset challenges and taking me on now because then you obviously overrided that. You wanted to set your own business up and you did. So tell us a little bit more about that. So when I started my business, like I said, I just actually went to the newspaper and started calling real estate agents that were looking for assistance. So at the time I had a real estate license. And so a a licensed assistance is more valuable than just a regular assistant who doesn't have a license. So I knew I had that. Mm -hmm. I knew I had 20 years of experience in every industry from HOA, which is homeowners association to rental properties, to building, to commercial. Even I had experienced all there. And so realizing I had all of that experience and realizing I needed to be home, that's kind of where I started. But what I quickly realized within the first year was all I had done was started a business doing exactly what I was doing before, making the same amount of money I was doing before. And I hated it. I hated doing it. I hated, you know, the work of it. I mean, I loved the work, but I hated the work at the same time. So Mm -hmm. um, I realized that I had built myself right into the same situation. And so I started looking and all the different options. So I can say in the 10 years I've been in business, I have pivoted probably five times and I'm in the process of possibly pivoting again mm-hmm. where my, I'm tired of sitting behind a computer. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my business has been the evolution of Sheila really right. as I have evolved, if I have grown, as I have found new things that I enjoy, as I have learned new skills and advanced my knowledge I've been able to adjust my business all along the way. A lot of people think that if they adjust their business or pivot, they're going to lose followers. Well, that's the truth. You will, but you will not lose your, your people who really love you, who care about you and the people who you really want to work with, you will not lose. And you will add a whole other amount of people to that business from the other side that you want to work with. So I lost all my real estate agents, but I started working with health, life and fitness coaches. This is where I learned about mindset. Okay. They were like, now, how's your mindset? Did you drink, drink your green smoothie? I'm like, y'all, I'm not drinking any green smoothie, but I'm doing good mindset. (laughs) And so as I, as I learned, you know, I was able to then move into um, becoming a digital marketer and then moving into starting my woman's network, which is what is my true passion. And I learned that through working with a mentor was that my true passion is helping other women survive and realize that it's okay for them to believe in themselves Right. And it's okay for them to do what they feel like they need to do. And right. they, if I can survive it, so can they. Right. The interesting bit, is, uh, Sheila, is when people go into work and they realize, hold on a minute, this is not for me. At that stage, did you find out that the true potential of what you had, you could do for yourself while you're working there? Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, I, I've always struggled with self-esteem. But whenever I talk about certain topics or whenever I speak, whenever I go on a podcast, whenever I'm uh, mentoring someone, I find within myself this certain knowledge and strength that I didn't know I had. And I don't push it back down like I've been taught to do in my past life is to bring that up and, and analyze it and find out how can I use this new knowledge or skill or desire to improve myself and to help more women. And so for me, like I said, it's just, it's this evolution of things. I mean, as I'm, I'm actually writing a book right now and as I'm writing my book, I'm writing my story and I'm realizing 
how much I really did overcome and how much like people ask me, you know, how are you okay after yeah. surviving all of these things? Mm-hmm. And I says, you know what? I do give a lot of credit to my children. I give a lot of credit to my spirituality and mm-hmm. just the simple fact that I didn't want, didn't want that life. I knew what I wanted. And right. so I was just determined to go after that. Right. Sheila, there's so many things bursting in my mind today because you're <laughs> highlighting so many things that questions are very relevant based on our listeners. Now, when people are so stuck in one comfort zone and to try to come out of that, it can be very frightening. Uh, yes. You're going into something, oh, hold on a minute, I don't understand this, I don't know where I'm going. Some pe- and I can understand why a lot of people who you probably talk to and coach, they have a lot of fear. Yes. Of going into something. Now for you, Sheila, were there any experience of fear for you when you left the job, going into another job and having five children? Suddenly your comfort zone changed. (laughs) So it's interesting. I actually had a counseling appointment this morning, and this is something I've been dealing with on a regular basis and something that I'm coming to terms with is that I have lived the last 30 years of my life in fear. And when I married my husband, Um, he had been married to the most wonderful woman for 30 years and he had this incredible marriage and he knew how to fight for what he wanted and he knew how to have a good relationship. And I don't have that. And there are nights when I have nightmares and I wake up and I'm, and I'm scared. And so fear is what I've lived my life on. And when you say people have to step outside of their comfort zone, my comfort zone was abuse my comfort zone was being told I'm worthless. Mm -hmm. My comfort zone was being this horrible situation because I understood it. I didn't like it. I understood it. I knew what to expect every day, right? Mm -hmm. By stepping outside of that, every single thing I did step outside of that. So I'm always joking right now with my husband because he's, I mean, I asked him to help me mop the floor on Saturday because my back was out and you know what he did? He did it. Okay. (laughs) Who does that, right? Right. So, for me, having to, first off, it was hard for me to ask him to do that. So mm-hmm. it was second off, it was even harder for me to watch him do it. Right. And so for for me, that's I'm so far out of my comfort zone right now, Trevor. That it's like on a different planet. I don't even see it. But I'll tell you what, it's so much better over here, and there's no filters. Right. Right. A lot of people think you know the grass is greener, and then you get over there and you realize yeah. all you saw was a filter, and it's the same dang grass. Right. But the fact is, is that I knew what I wanted, and I and I have actually kind of had a fairy tale situation. I'm very blessed in that right. my life did change. Right. But it also is a lot of work. You would think it would be so easy. Yeah. For me to go from that to this, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's work. I still deal with fear on a daily basis. Right. But right boy, does it feel better on this side. Right, right. I think that's where you're going back earlier on. You're saying finding yourself. Yes. That relates to what you've just confirmed. And I think, is it correct, Sheila? Would you agree to say that mainly the women and single parents or anybody, people need to spend more time finding out themselves? Is that correct? Absolutely. It's, yes, absolutely. I think... There's um, this little nursery rhyme called There's a Hole in My Bucket, Dear Liza. If you haven't heard of it, go look it up. So basically, this man, Henry, goes to his wife and says, there's a hole in my bucket. Right. And she gives him all of this advice until eventually he, 
you know, it gets back to the fact that, well, he can't do any of those things because there's a hole in his bucket. Mm -hmm. And I think we find ourselves in this, this rut where there's a hole in our bucket. We mm -hmm. don't realize it. And we just keep spinning and spinning and spinning, hoping that someday that bucket is just going to repair itself. Mm -hmm. Well, we are the ones who have to repair ourselves. Mm -hmm. My husband's a fixer. And one of the first things I told him when we first got together was, look, I'm broke. I'm not broken. Mm -hmm. but you can't fix me. I have to fix myself. Mm -hmm. And everyone has to realize that, you know, for me, it was realizing that all I had left was the rim and the handle of the bucket. There was nothing. There was no kind of bucket even showing there, right. but I'm the one who has to fix that. Mm -hmm. And I have to know how I want to fix it. Do I want a tin bucket? Do I want a ceramic bucket? Do I want a wood bucket? What mm -hmm. kind of bucket do I want? And how do I want it to look and feel and, and fill up? And I have to keep it full too. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, I think that's a very key point. Um, people tend to rely on other people to fix their life. And we've seen a lot of that in films, in drama, you know, Netflix films. We see everybody trying to fix people's lives. But in reality, Sheila, your perspective today is you have to discover yourself first before you become a servant to anybody else. Yes, absolutely. Uh, How can you help someone else if you have nothing? Correct. Correct. And I think you, you mentioned also your children were a great role model because in that position, it's not very easy to keep children stable, supportive when you've got so much activities going on. But guess what, Tula, you did it. I did. And one of the things that I am noticing or one of the things I actually worked at the hardest was that my children suffered because of decisions that happened in my life and mm -hmm. their dad's life. Mm -hmm. And they were suffering because of that. So I made every effort I possibly could to protect them from that as much as I could. Mm -hmm. Didn't bash their dad. Mm -hmm. I supported their relationship with their father. I listened anytime they wanted to tell me something about their dad. I said, look, do you want me to listen or do you want advice? Mm -hmm. And I tried to keep them from having to suffer, you know, the abandonment issues and everything else that a lot of these divorced children go through. Of course, they did feel it. They did experience it. But hopefully they didn't experience it as much as they possibly could have. Because mm -hmm. I know there are parents who are fighting in front of their children. There mm -hmm. are moms and dads who are bashing the other parent in front of their children. Mm -hmm. um, and don't, don't bring the children into your problems if you can avoid it and listen to them. You know, I'll see sometimes on social media, people will say, you know, what's your best advice for a parent or what's your best advice going back? And I always say, number one is listen. And you listen with your ears, not your mouth. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, that probably parenting wise, especially for single parents, that's my best advice. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have strong lady, Sheila Lindsay. She has given us a full record of her upbringing, her life, and clarity into making breakthroughs. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you feel it dark out there, believe you me, this interview is bringing light, and we're here to bring victory in all your life. So, Sheila, um, throughout your record and throughout your track record, there's so amazing changes and transformation. And sometimes I'm thinking, you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, what's going on here and where am I now? Um, you're now gone into passion with working with women. Now, tell us a little bit more about why and what work are you involved with the women? So I have my woman's network. It's called Yes Women's Network. 
And kind of the way that it came about was when I was working with my mentor, trying to realize that I needed to get away from the computer and be more motivational speaking than training speaking. Mm -hmm. He said, after like two months of trying to work with me, he said, what do you really want to accomplish? I said, I really want to help those women who are sitting at home feeling alone when they say to themselves, oh crap, now what? Mm -hmm. I want to be there for them. I want to be a place where they can find the resources and tools they need that are trusted because you know, in the online world, there's like all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, what's the opposite of that? And I said, well, if I say to myself, oh crap, now what? And I find the answer. It's yes. And that's how the network got started. And so we want to be a trusted place and resource with tools where women can come and say, I need help with this. Or my husband, you know, we're stationed in Germany. We're moving to Alabama. Where's a good place to live? Can somebody give me some direction? You know, we want to be that place right. of safety. Right. So when about did you start that? What year would that start? I started that in August of 2017. Mm -hmm. And it has, it grew very quickly. Actually, I started it, I believe it's almost like the 24th of August. Within a week, I had the brand created and I was being asked to speak. So the wow. brand really resonated with people um, in that it was a place that was not, there's, it does not cost anything. It's totally free. Mm -hmm. And it's a place where they can go and feel safe to get resources. I'm not there to sell them anything. Right. I'm there to show them who they could speak to to get the help that they need. And so for me, it's um, the nonprofit that I'm building. It's the 18 single moms we were able, or sorry, eight single moms that we were able to provide Christmas for last year. Mm -hmm. um, it's doing everything I can to give to the people that I understand and to speak to them and to share my message and share my story and hopefully inspire them to fill their own buckets. Okay. Now, in terms of the women's network, it might be interesting to find out what kind of concerns are the women talking about without being too private and confidential. Uh, for the people who are probably listening, might be uh, ex-wife of a militant or single parent, might be looking for something, say, okay, Sheila's probably got something. But in details, what concerns are the women talking about? So a lot of the people in there right now are entrepreneurs, they're business owners, because that's been my, you know, in order to keep food on the table, I had my digital marketing agency. And so that's where I connected with a lot of them. But so the, a lot of that does have to do with business. I would say that the second thing and mindset, just like you said, mm -hmm. um, recently I made a post about it, there's like a wheel of abuse and it gives you like the seven different types of abuse with descriptions. And I said, you know, I've dealt with all of these. Have any of you dealt with these? And there was a great discussion over how people were dealing with those. And I'm like, how do you find peace? How do you keep going every morning? What do you do when this happens or that happens? And so it's more flipping from business into personal life where you can ask these questions and find out from other women, how are you dealing with this? How do you integrate business and home. How do you deal with a child that's, you know, 17 going on 35 and thinks she knows everything, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of flipping over into that a little bit more. And we're looking for ways that we can serve and do some outreach and help each other out. So I do see some trading going on. Mm -hmm. I might have a health coach who wants to speak with a mindset coach and they do a little trade mm -hmm. where, you know, they just, you know, I'll teach you this and you teach me that. And that's been really great too. Right. It sounds like more of a network group, more than you coaching everybody. Is that right? 
Yes, it's definitely a network group. I tried the coaching thing. Unlike you, Trevor, I am not a coach. <laughs> okay. You may I tried be. That from, you may be. No, I, I tried that for a minute and a half. I'm not a coach. I, I'm definitely a mentor more than a coach in that okay. I don't have like consistent programs. I don't ask the same questions. I don't, you know, like you, you have strategies where each one of your people will follow these strategies that work. I just listen and then maybe, you know, right. point them in the right direction. But um, it's, it's quite different than coaching. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, so what age group are the women in the, in the network group? I'm sorry? What age group are they in the network group? Oh, the, boy, we have age, ages from like round 25 up to okay. um, 60s, I would say. Right. And then, you know, smattering here and there. We actually also have quite a few men in the women's oh. network. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> so you're, my mentors, you're changing the label now. Well, no, I can't change the label. <laughs> so you, you know, Trevor, when it comes to marketing, you got to pick your target market. And yeah, yeah it, but, exactly, yeah. But my mentors and a lot of the people I've worked with in the past are men and they hear what I'm doing and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to be a part of it. I was raised by a single mom or right. I need to be a part of it because my sister's a single mom or for whatever reason, you know. And so I think we can get our resources from anywhere. But yeah, it's, it's a woman's network with, you know, okay. some masculinity <laughs> as well. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to make it clear to our listeners. It's women only at the moment, but they are welcome to open arms to anybody else who joins in. But I think the whole purpose of a network is bringing everybody as a community. Yes. Building a community of trust. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So, well, uh, Sheila, so the, the group that you have now, it's all mostly entrepreneur and setting up businesses because I can't think of a better time to set up a business than now. Absolutely. This, this is a fantastic time to start business. But I think what most people struggle with is what do I do? How can I do? Who can I speak to? And I think that's where you come in a lot more. So take it a little bit more. They come into the group and they want to set up the business. What's the process? So the first thing I would suggest is that they look at what they enjoy doing. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. So one of my friends really loves making cinnamon rolls. So she made 75 pans of cinnamon rolls the week before Christmas and sold them online. All she had to do is post a picture of them and be like, hey, these are for sale, right? right? And I have another friend who decorates cookies and makes cakes. She sells those online. And so first, look at your hobbies. What do you like doing? Maybe, you know, your wife likes making jewelry and yeah. you're like, what are you going to do with all this jewelry? You're not going to wear all this jewelry. Go sell it. Mm -hmm. right? Go sell online. And then the next thing I would suggest, once you figure out what you want to do, whether it's turning a hobby into cash or turning a service into a business, whatever you decide is look at your local area and find out what the rules are for you having a business. Mm -hmm. Find a small business association in the United States that's called the Small Business Association. I know it's called something different. Canada, it's probably called something different in the UK, but those are everywhere. And most governments have them where you can contact them for free for resources of how much money is the limit that I can call, you know, my own income or do I have to flip it to a business and what type of business do I need to have? And then you talk to, you know, the bookkeepers and you move on from there, but definitely find something that you love and find out what the rules are for having a business. Right. Okay. And now I'm, I'm you probably be more aware of it than myself that when people say they want to set up a business, they've got this perception. It had to be a massive business, <laughs> big overhead. And I'm kind of thinking, no, and even you try to show them, they still have this perception of how other people are doing business. It must be like that. But with you, Sheila, 
how were you able to break that down in the language for them to understand business is right in front of you? It's within you. Yeah, business is definitely within you. You become the passion and the purpose behind the business. The passion and the purpose of the business is really the front end. It's the thing that drives it. It's the thing that gets you up in the morning. It's the thing that gets the people who are buying from you to pay attention. Then you have the messy back end, which is the administrative part. And one of my sayings at my digital marketing agency is if it tires you out, hire it out. So right. when it comes to, I do a trade with my bookkeeper, my bookkeeper does my bookkeeping, I do her marketing, mm -hmm. right? Because I am not a bookkeeper. I don't enjoy doing six hours of bookkeeping. I can do one hour of marketing for her and trade for one hour bookkeeping and she gets more done than I do. Mm -hmm. So understanding kind of how business works, but I mean, I have a digital marketing agency, a nonprofit and a woman's network, and it costs me less than $200 a month to run the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So right. I do outsource. I don't have employees. So I hire people who already have their own business and I outsource to them. Mm -hmm. So then they're not employees. And so looking at the business from the perspective of this is my purpose, my passion, my why, as opposed to this is how the business runs mm -hmm. and then find a way that works for you. Now, I, I joked with my husband when I first met him, I said, you know, you should know that I'm cheap and easy. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? And I said, if there's a cheaper way to do it, I'll find it. If there's an easier way to do, I'll find it. As right. a single mom, I learned to, you know, find my resources yeah. and make things as simple as possible. So right. it does not have to be complicated. As a matter of fact, right. if you make it complicated, you're going to fail. Make right. it as simple as you possibly can. Right. Do you have to have a website? I didn't have one the first two years I was in business. I ran mm -hmm. a Facebook page, mm -hmm. you know? And I looked in the newspaper to find clients. Right. So keep it as simple as you can. Keep your costs down and analyze that business, that back end every quarter. Where is money leaking out? Where's the money coming in? Do more of where from it's coming in and do less of where it's not coming in as fast. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can keep it that simple, you'll be successful. Absolutely. I agree with you. And uh, same like myself, starting from small with the very same thing that I had lying around me every day. Um, and I think you can relate to that as a single mom, something you can't buy. You look in your house and say, okay, open my cupboard. And you make a fantastic meal that lasts for a week. Yep. And it's so amazing how I look at the word re-education. Why is this not being educated in terms of business is not complicated? What, and in, I don't know United States, but where has it, where has it gone wrong, Sheila? for people to realize how we're supposed to look at business and entrepreneur. It seems like the education system thrown it the other way around. How, how, what's gone wrong there? What do you say it is as an entrepreneur? So I call this the SOS. This is right. the shiny object syndrome, right? This is where, you know, this person says, if you buy this Facebook ad course, you're going to be super brilliant and it's going to be $2,000 and you hire this coach who's like $10,000, but you don't do your research and you find out that coach has only been a coach for a week. And they're like, you know, I saw a life coach out there. She's like 19. I'm like, I'm not going to hire a 19 year old life coach. So yeah. when you get this shiny object syndrome, you start downloading all these free things. You start buying all these little low cost things. And you think you buy this tool over here and you buy that tool over there. And it very quickly starts to add up and you get overwhelmed and you start having things that you don't need or you don't know how to use. Mm -hmm. One of the episodes on my podcast is all about tech. Mm -hmm. What tech is the best tech for you to use in your business? Well, it's whatever you have. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go out and buy something new. Use what you have and use it well, use it right. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to use it, like some of these email platforms that we all know about, 
they're super complicated. Hire someone else to do it for you. Make sure that you're doing it right. But is, if you can keep it simple and ask yourself, okay, I can spend $200 on a Facebook ad course. Right. Or I could spend $200 and hire somebody who already knows how to do it and actually make money off of it. Cause I don't want to do Facebook ads. Why would I learn how to do it? Cause right. they're thinking to themselves, if I learn it, I don't have to hire it out. Well, I got news for you. Mm. Facebook ads change. Every time you go in, the platform looks different. Yeah. So hire somebody who loves doing that. Right. Save, you know, put that money towards actually building your business rather than trying to build knowledge that you really just don't care about. Absolutely. Reinventing the wheel again. Yes. Um, trying to put the same tire on the tire is already on. Right. Uh, yeah. Why are you training the tire? The tire is there already. Come on now, let the, let the car run. But, you know, Sheila, something very interesting come to me is, Based on what you just said there, would you say for you to know to work on the lease, is that relating to how you were as a single mother, five children without the lease? Would you say that experience have allowed you to be successful as well? Absolutely. Learning to um, understand that multitasking isn't really a thing. You can't right. multitask. You can't cook dinner and change a diaper at the same time. You can't listen to a child and help another one with homework at the same time. Just like in business, I can't do my bookkeeping at the same time I'm doing my social media. Mm -hmm. Realizing that there's a lot of activity and a lot of things going on around me. I have to be able to put my blinders on and focus on what it is I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge to-do list writer. Um, when I met my husband, I showed him my to-do list. It had like 199 things on it. And <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a project manager and he's like, um, yeah, that's not going to get done. Yeah. And so he helped me look at that and he started, showed me kind of a way to look at that and say, okay, what are your priorities in life? What is the main things that are important to you? And I'm like, well, my health, my spirituality and my family are probably the top two. Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, so every time you decide on something that needs to be done, analyze it against those priorities. Mm -hmm. Does it go with those priorities? If it doesn't, do you really have to do it? Is it a necessity? Mm -hmm. So deciding what the needs the wants and the necessities are, right. and then breaking that down. I think I have like maybe 15 things on my list now. And okay. most of you know, I got rid of them because I'm like, well, I really don't need to do this or I'll do it in two years, not now. So right. I don't have to think about it every day. Right, right. So, and this is becoming a powerful tool for your women's network. You're implementing that same system to the same women. Now, tell us the results they're getting in the network group in terms of entrepreneurs. Give us one or two. Yeah, so the, I actually worked with a virtual assistant for a while who built, she went from being just one uh, virtual assistant to building a team, and then she actually sold the business. I can't tell you how much, but it had a lot of zeros at the end. Okay. And so basically what helped her see what, where she could get help and how she could build this into something that she had an exit strategy for. A lot of people don't plan on that when they're starting a business, they don't plan their exit strategy. I know I didn't. Right. And I built the brand under myself and I became 80% of the value of the business. How am I gonna leave that? Well, if I leave it, you know, the value goes down. Mm -hmm. So we were able to help her do that and realize that she could expand. So not just starting a business, but actually growing it and then exiting it from the other side. Another thing is realizing, like as I was talking about before, is the trading. Realizing that if you don't have the, you know, at the beginning, we don't have the money to start a business at the beginning. And mm -hmm. we don't have all the knowledge that we need. And we don't know what we don't know, which yes. is 
the biggest thing is you, when you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so I believe that the more people, you know, the more you'll learn, the more connections you make, the more possibility you have to grow. And when you connect with those people, you can do trades mm-hmm. or you can negotiate pricing um, in certain situations. I, I never promote, you know, negotiating pricing. But like I said, if, if you charge $500 an hour and I charge $100 an hour, maybe I work for you for five hours and you work for me for one, right? Mm-hmm. So you can negotiate. That's what I'm saying by negotiating. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I learned is to hire interns. So mm-hmm. I'll go in and I'll find some people who are looking to be virtual assistants. I hire them. I train mm-hmm. them in trade for them doing my work. Then they are building their business and I'm getting my work done. And so neither one of us is having to spend money. So what I'm finding is that, um, you know, currency, I don't know about the UK, but in the United States currency, you know, you go there and they're like, we only take exact change because we are out of, you know, the nickels, dimes and quarters, whatever. But realizing that there's always a way, there's always a resource and look Mm -hmm. outside of what you typically think you're going to get to find something different. Absolutely. Well, marvelous, Sheila. And finally, because of this network, you've you've grown in a fantastic way with support and network. And I wanted to ask you, what's the long-term plan for the network group? So initially, the idea behind starting the network was to have courses and have instructors and have events and have all of these different moving things. And I'm learning the older I get. So I'm half a century now. And the older I get, <laughs> the more I realize that as much as I say and simplify, 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 I do complicate things. And I, once I get complicated, I realize I have to step back. So mm-hmm. for the network, uh, the courses are exhausting. Finding instructors is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, managing all of the people is exhausting. Um, obviously, we can't have live events the way that we had planned on having them. Mm-hmm. And um, having events anyway is exhausting. And so I realized that, you know what, the women don't really want that. They just want the networking. They just want to have resources and tools and a place. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them want to have me speak. And a lot of them want to have me on their podcast or things like that. So Mm -hmm. the network is actually shifting where the courses that are there now are free and they will always be there. They're, they're a little bit older. They need to be rebranded. I'm not going to spend the time doing it because I'm just not seeing as much need for that mm-hmm. as the other. So basically the woman's network is going to become, I'm not going to say the word just, but right. a woman's network. It's not going to have all the bells and whistles that we had initially thought right. that we needed. Um, right. We're already international. We're already in 67 countries. We have okay. local people who want to use the brand to um, have their own things. And we mm-hmm. may build that into it. But for now, it's just a networking platform. It's a place where they can come Um, I speak as well as a couple of my other partners that we have on there as well. And so it's just a place where you can come for tools and resources. And honestly, I love it so much more now that it's a lot less work. Absolutely. And I can see where you've come from to where you are. You couldn't dream of a better life than now. Absolutely. Um, could never have dreamt I would be where I am today. Absolutely. Well, Sheila, um, for the for the sake of the listeners, uh, I'll tell you, we've given so much insight and information today, and I'm sure our listeners are going to gain a lot of that, but they will need your contact details in terms of getting in touch with you. So do you have a website, social media, or email? Yes, just head over to yeswomensnetwork.com, and that's N-E-T-W-O-R-K. A lot of people misunderstand that word, so yeswomensnetwork.com. 
and my contact information is there or you can search for our Facebook group and come and join. You just do that search as well for Yes Women's Network and come join the group. That's where the conversation is. Oh, absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard our guest, Sheila, has started from somewhere where most of you might be at the moment. But guess what? You can get to where Sheila has got because she had the strong belief. Now, for our final closing, what's your last message to our listeners today, based on those who are single parents or were probably stuck, don't have no business idea? What would your final message be to them today? My final message is kind of the same as my first message, figure out who you are. So I would do a Google search for I am statement and an I am statement helps you realize who you are. It helps you find those words of affirmation that you need. It helps you see who you want to be because you know what? You already are enough to become that person you want to be. And especially as women, because we're always about everybody else, it's okay to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you're conceited. It doesn't mean that you're not serving. It doesn't mean that you're not helping others. You have to believe in yourself to achieve your dreams. Right. Absolutely. So, Trina, thank you so much indeed. It's been so insightful and we're so glad to have you. And you never know, we could be having a part two and a part three and a part four. You never Wonderful. know. Wonderful. <laughs> and uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, please do get in touch with Trina because you never know, she may have an answer to your question. That's the whole purpose of networking. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming on my show. Yes, you can. And we'll see you again. So take care and stay safe. Thank you. Bye.